Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Understanding that success is unique to each person. What is important to me does not need to be important to you. Measuring your success with my ruler is foolish. What you need to do is paint the picture and stop looking at Gary, stop looking at Grant, stop looking at Tony, stop looking at all these people like that's, that's my win. Don't pick somebody else's win just because it's easier than reflecting and figuring out your own. Why do we have insights when our mind is quiet? How do insights play a role in our ability to learn and when do they impact the trajectory of our lives? Welcome to Insight Out, where we explore these questions and dissect how insights influence who we are and ultimately who we become. I interview New York Times bestselling authors and some of the most influential minds of our time to find out what insights have helped to make them who they are. When I realized that the world worked in many different ways, I'm gonna choose to create a life that is specifically designed for me. I see infinite capacity to think and create. That's the magic that we all have. You can tap into that any point in your life. You just have to decide to do it. And as a leader, you have to be a transition figure. As Dr. Covey said, be a light, not a judge. Be a model, not a critic. If you're like me, constantly working to design a life that will allow you to reach your fullest potential so that you can leave your mark on this planet, then you're in the right place. I'm glad to have you on this journey and hope you enjoy this episode of Inside Out. My guest today has reached a level of success that most only dream of. And he's done so across multiple industries. And he's made his mark in one space more than any other, which is e-commerce, surpassing $65 million in sales online. Insane numbers. He works with businesses across a broad spectrum with one goal. He helps them do what they do, only better. And so what his secret power is, is what we're going to dive in today, understanding how he connects with people and builds relationships to allow his businesses that he works with directly and the businesses that he supports thrive. This is what happened when he joined forces to help build dugout mugs, which when he started with them was at $70,000 in sales. In just one year, they reached a million, over a million. And each year after that, they doubled in size. Today, you probably have heard of them, seen them. They're amazing. And if you look at the product and the quality, what stands out most is the care that they took to create the vision and build a tribe from the beginning. We're going to dive into all those details. I'm super, super pumped to talk with the one and only Chris Dennert. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Nice intro. I got a, I got a little warm and fuzzy on that one. That's cool. <laughs> we don't stop and turn around and reflect enough, right? So, so to, to, to hear people kind of outline it, it's, it's, uh, it's cool. It's like a little bit of reflection, right? And I think you're, you hit it on the nose. You know, we built this network, net worth, right? Like, so we built this with our people, for our people, alongside our people, and internally with our company, and also externally with our tribe. And I think that that alignment has been a catalyst 
you know, to, to take this thing on a ride. Well, I know reflection is a big thing for you and it is for me too. And I think we don't spend enough time doing that. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, in fact, we're kind of going to do it right now. Let's go back in time. Let's go back to the cinnamon toothpick days. What were you doing as a kid that helped to set up who you are today? A necessity, right? And, and no excuses uh, in a world that's packed full of nothing but laziness and excuses right now. You know, it's the truth. I wasn't raised that way. My mom was a solo uh, female entrepreneur before it was cool. My dad was, uh, you know, in the car game, which is nothing but hustle. So I saw a lot of people around me and, th and that they were split, right? But on both sides of my family, I saw grit. I saw no excuses. We weren't looking for handouts, never, ever. And what we did is if it will be, it's up to me kind of mentality so that's what I did. It's like, oh, you want, you know, honey, I can get you a pair of shoes or I can get you the bike or things like that. We didn't have an abundance of things. We have what we needed. My mom and my dad and everybody worked real hard to do that. But then I had this like this grind in me that I wanted a little bit more. So as a kid, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, there's only so many things you can do. You can't drive, you can't pull loans, you can't do anything. So what I did is I went to what I had on hand. And, and it was, uh, you mentioned the toothpicks, which I can't believe that shit worked, but uh, <laughs> my mom would take me to Sam's wholesale and I would buy a box of toothpicks and we would boil it with uh, cinnamon extract to make little cinnamon toothpicks. And I'd sell 10 for a dollar. Well, I can promise you toothpicks are not 10 cents a piece or significantly less than that. So I'm making, you know, 80, 90% return on my time, energy, effort, and cost of goods right now. Hindsight, but there was other things. There was candy. I would buy it in bulk. I would sell it a quarter a piece. I'm in my 40s. You know, you're probably similar age. Like there was a game we used to play where you break the other person's pencil in school. So I would buy pencils in bulk and then I would sell them individually. I would uh, ride my little bike up to AT&T and I would find the wire, the leftover wire from the jobs and I would strip it. And it was all the colorful wire inside. Well, the girls love to make bracelets and necklaces out of that. They twist it real tight and make these little rings and bracelets and necklaces. So it's like, all right, so I'm going to go get free stuff and then ride my ass back to the house, wrap it up. And I'd sell it for 25 cents, 50 cents or a dollar, depending on how big the little spool was. And it, I was making 10 to 20 bucks a week, which in those days and for a kid, they're like, what are you doing? There's no homework and books coming back and forth from school. It was just money, candy, pencils, toothpicks, whatever. I, I was a hustler, <laughs> man. And like, and, and I, I believe that you're born with it, right? A lot of people argue that you can get taught traits, you can get taught things, but to be gritty, like, I don't know, man, it's, you're kind of born with the entrepreneurial spirit. I feel like. I love that story so much. You don't even understand. Cause I'm imagining his little Chris and by the way, little Billy too. Cause I, I did blow pops. Sounds like you maybe did blow pops or something I did similar. The green, the, the kablooies and the green things that turn your whole mouth different. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody's walking around with a blue mouth. Like I love it, man. They know who it is. It's little Chris over here in the corner counting his ones. <laughs> man, that's great. I, you know, and I was that kid too, man. I would buy the big box of blow pops. Yes, we played pencils. I was on the West Coast. You were on the East Coast. But it sounds like the theme is the same regardless. It was global, baby. It was global. <laughs> yeah. well, so, what I, so you want to hear... Okay. So <laughs> I used to, so my mom had a, has a ceiling fan store in Florida, all about fans. She's had it for 38 years. Wow. Open the store, starts the store, unloads the semis, hangs the fans, grinder. 
Okay. And so she had all these tools, these long like drill bits and stuff. So I would take the pencils and I would drill out the lead and then I would fish a, then I would fish a a hanger in there and then I would clip it and then I would file down the tip. So it looks like if you think about a brown hanger looks just like lead. So I made these unbreakable pencils that I'm selling for like five bucks a pop. And I'm just sitting there watching cartoons after school, making these like unbreakable pencils. You know, that was the, that was that high dollar stuff, that $5 a piece. Yeah. You were, yeah. You really, you really, you really nailed it at a young age. I love that, man. Listen, there's so much there because that really sets the foundation of who you are and, and how you think really, which is understanding the customer. I think that's one of the through lines is you really do in a, in a very profound way, understand how to create an experience for customers. So one of the things that I learned about you was how you did this at Gold's Gym. So I want to talk about Dave Guernsey and I want to know how did he influence you and support you and help you as a mentor early in your career? Well, Dave's an interesting story, right? Like he had a, uh, he went to University of Florida and had an aerospace engineering degree. I believe that was the degree he had and really digging in, in the gym industry and the health and fitness and grew a chain of gyms. And then he, he got the monopoly on him in the, in our particular area. And then he flipped it into his own brand, you know? So for me, one of the first lessons was what, what got you here won't take you there. Right. So just because he had a plan, you have to be able to pivot. Like don't fall in love with potential. Right. So if you're going down a path and it's just not aligned with you, stop. You have one shot. Like life is short, man. Right. Like, you know how I feel about time and what are you going to do? Just ride the shit until the wheels fall completely off and then say, yeah, I should have turned 10 years ago back there. You can't do that. You know, you have to follow your heart. You have to follow your gut and and don't be scared to and say, well, I've gone so far. I should see this through. If you know it's wrong, it's going to be wrong even after you see it through. And I feel like too many people operate not from a place of alignment and fulfillment. And that was a really cool thing because, you know, he definitely thrived. Tell me about these beach luau's. So you, you talk about that, like you did beach luau's, things of that nature. You brought in hundreds of memberships. What were some of the experiences you were creating to bring people in back then? Yeah, that was interesting. So there was a website that came out called Facebook and nobody was really using it. Nobody understood it. So I, I kind of grew up in a world of, like I said, I'm in my early 40s. So I had the belly to belly, gritty sales, handshaky vibe. But then I also got to see the technology and, and understood the leverage and the, inter, uh, the, the intricacies of that technology. So I just took this, this strategy and this approach and did it from a one-to-many standpoint. That was one of the things I did. I, I tried to figure out how could I say the same thing I'm saying to saying to more people because I have a personality that it brings people in, right? So I could achieve that early on with Facebook. Now, the outside the box, I believe that people want to have fun, right, in life. like So many things suck. Just open your eyes and look in a circle, right? I believe that people now more than ever, and even back then in, in you know, 2006, 7, 8, you know, 5, 6, 7, 8, people wanted to just have fun, have an experience. So we, uh, I brought in a dump truck into the gym, and I dumped sand all over the floor, and I just built a beach. And we put up a tiki bar and the male trainers wore coconut bras and they were serving protein shakes 
and we had uh, a luau music going on and, and uh, a big sign say, hey, you just got laid. You know, just being fun and having a good time and not taking yourself too seriously. And what it did it, to this day, I still train at a different gym, but same chain. I see people now that remember me from 20 years ago because of what, oh, hey, man, how's it going? I'm like, oh, I haven't seen you in 20 years. You remember me like that, right? Because I, th I think, you know, what is it, Maya Angelou, people will never remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel, you know, mm -hmm. you know, a messed up version of it, but it's the same idea. I was always interested on making them feel and have a good experience. And then once they like you, here's what we're doing. You should do it too. And then it's just, a, it was just a, I was a closer. You know, I think 18 months in a row, I was top sales. You hit it on the head though. If people are going to remember the way you make them feel. This is the same reason people remember my trainings where it wasn't a boring corporate training. We did American Idol for role-playing and we did Family Feud to make people have a good time. Fun makes things memorable and you create an experience. How many gyms have you gone to where they're wearing coconut bras or where they're sand? That just doesn't happen. And to me, that is a, a superpower that you have and something that you've been able to create in whatever you've done and, and just in studying your story. I love that. It's so refreshing. So in a minute, we'll get to this point in your life that you've, you hit rock bottom. You're on a Starbucks floor. Before we get to that moment, what leading up to that, talk about the pinnacles, talk about some of the peaks and the high points leading up to that moment where you, you did have a sort of a reset moment what were some of the things that equipped you to be the human being you are today? Like you talked about Facebook. So that's one understanding the power of Facebook. That's leverage. Where else, what other superpowers did you develop in those, let's call it the 2008 to 2015 years? Just communication, right? Understanding communication, understanding negotiation, like to create a win-win situation. Oftentimes it's not even the same currency. Right. Like, so we can both win. Uh, you want this, but I want this. OK, well, let's just put it together like this and we both win. Right. So being able to quickly identify a win win situation and communicate that to people, I, I feel like just communication in general and people skills, humor, it's the, the great equalizer. I feel like humor making people laugh. It takes down these barriers that are just built everywhere. These were things I was certainly able to do on a, on a, at scale, per, being personable, being authentic. That's a big one to me. There's plenty of people out there that don't like me and I'm not concerned about it one bit, right? Like I'm going to show up in flip-flops and a backwards hat, and probably a t-shirt, probably with a beer, maybe with a cigar. Like it's just what it is. And I never had to pretend I was anything else, right? The, over the last 10 years, that has become more solidified. Right. Because, you know, 10 years ago, you're you are worried. It's the you're buying the toys. You're trying to impress the people that don't matter. You're trying to build this facade, the fake it till you make it all, you know, whatever, you know, cliche you want to use. I feel like that was part of the transition. And I, I feel like part of the, the, the reset was actually I was so good at certain things could half-ass it and still be successful, you know, and that's a relative word. I made it work. I could make it work because I was good enough at a certain thing or two. So then I just added another, added another, added another. And eventually I was so busy being busy that 
I didn't make time for the right things for the health, for the family. I had a brand new daughter, you know, I was newly married, like all the things I was, I had this, this misconception that what you're doing now is because you're doing X, Y, Z for these people down the road. Well, that's not always the case, you know, down the roads, not always that far down the road. And I ruptured my appendix on the way to a business meeting one week after having double knee surgery. So I shouldn't even have been driving, but it was so important to get to this business meeting. And I, I borrowed my friend's Ferrari because it looked good. And I was paddle shifter. So I didn't have to use my legs and I had room for my crutches. Like what an asshole move this was. Right. And eventually I ruptured my appendix on the way home from the meeting. Didn't know what was going on. So I uh, thank God I had, you know, Oxycontins at the house for my double knee surgery. So I just took a pill. Right. And then I just chilled out at the house and went, you know, one thing led to another. Seven days later, I had an abscess the size of a football in my core. Everything stopped working. And I went to the hospital. I'm like, hey, you know, I got to be like the Stanley Cup, you know, the next, you know, what, whatever was still going on in my head, this, this, you know, this cloud I couldn't see through. And ironically, they said, hey, you're really sick and we're going to turn you over right now and pull this thing out of your back. And there's a chance that you might not walk out of here. So you need to figure out, you need to call who you need to call. And I called my wife and she's like, I got this four month old baby at home. I can't even, I can't leave her. I can't bring her up there and all this. So you're laying there by yourself and you have some time to think and make some promises to yourself and then identify very clearly what is and isn't important, uh, who is and isn't important. And then looking through that lens allowed me to make the decisions. This is back in 2015 you know, throw a few prayers out there. It's like, okay, uh, send somebody my way that needs my help, that can, that needs my skill set, that I can have a good experience and not take me away from my, my family and the things that are important to me. And, you know, out of, you know, a few months later, uh, this guy Randall calls me up with this cool idea that he invented and he had a little momentum and he needed some help. And, you know, that was 2017 or 2016 actually. And, ever since. It's just been a, you know, really fun, really experiential rocket ship that I do from my house. Wow. Amazing how life works, isn't it? You go from this. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you, you made it through that because, you know, clearly you weren't meant to end it there. It could have, it sounds like it was from what I understand. I mean, they told you what it's like very likely, or at least somewhat likely you could not make it. I had a 30% chance, which is, you don't want a 30% chance of checking out. That is not the percentage you want handed to you, you know? Um, but yeah, best thing that never happened to me, honestly. Yeah. Because it helped me, it helped me shift. You know, I always, I love telling the story about, uh, you know, that movie Troy? Yep. Brad Pitt on the side. So at the beginning, the boy runs up and he's like, oh, the Thessalonian, your fighting is the biggest man I've ever seen. I wouldn't want to fight him. He's like, well, that's why no one will remember your name. Remember that? That part is like your the warrior phase in your life. That's where uh, many of us are, and some of us never leave. Always the warrior, always the fighter, always remember my name, the legacy, all this stuff. And then th the later in the movie, there's a part where where uh, he's captured the princess, and she's there, and uh, he said the gods envy us because we're mortal, because today is it will never be more beautiful, and like all this kind of mentality. And it's just like the shift in mentally there is, is kind of what it's about. 
you realize that you're, you don't need to be important to everybody and have this massive legacy. You need to be important to who's important. And you need to spend the time with those who need your time. And then you impact your inner circle first. And, and then at that point, you can kind of go outside of that, at least for me, right? And, and these, I, f- I feel like success and journey is individualized. It's, it's for you, by you, based on who you are, what you stand for, what you don't stand for, what you value, what your core, core metrics are. Like, like I feel like that is the reflection. That's what people ought to reflect on more because then the journey kind of builds itself. Yeah, 100%. It's a perspective shifting moment that completely changed how you look at so many things in your life. So you get to this moment in your life where you have this perspective shifting, insane, unexpected jolt to your life that literally could have, as you said, end you. And then you have this magical moment where dugout mugs is enters your life. And as I mentioned in the intro at the time, it's a small company. They did about 70,000 in sales. I want to know two things. First, what was your initial reaction? If you could think back, you like reflecting. What was your initial reaction to the mug? So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, when did you realize you had something special on your hands? Uh, well, the first mug is actually this mug right here. So Randall, uh, we had had a couple brief conversations and I said, man, look, I'm going to be at a mastermind. I'm, I go to a mastermind called Board of Advisors. And it was only like the second meeting. This was seven years ago. And I said, I'm going to be at this hotel. I'm at the bar. I took a, you know, it's a, we're on a lunch break. So if you're in the area, he's like, dude, I'm driving by right now. I'll pop in, bring you the mug. So I was like, okay. So he brought me this mug and when he handed it to me, I was like, well, that's kind of dumb, right? It was my first response to it. But again, like I have a healthy habit of, of always trying to poke holes and find the no in things versus being overly optimistic saying yes to everything. Because if you try to poke holes and can't, usually you have a winner, right? So when he brought me this, he's like, look, man, I just didn't get it. But the good guy, you know, down to earth, humble, smart, you know, he's only gotten better, right? But even then it's like, this is a good dude. Uh, sounds like a grinder. You know, he, it was a one man, you know, dog and pony show to that point, just him, just grinding, making mugs, chop saws, belly to belly, talking to people, selling it. Yeah, I mean, and he's not a salesman either. So it's like, I knew he's more of a quiet guy, but I just knew like this dude's a grinder and I am, and this is, I like sports. I like beer. This could work. And so he's like, just carry it around and call me back. I said, okay. So I carried it around and people were like, oh, that's pretty cool, man. I even walked it into my mastermind group because I was speaking after lunch and they're like, yeah, dude, that's, that's totally you. Like half the group was like, what the hell are you doing? And the other half's like, bro, that's pretty cool, which was enough for me. And then I, when I, you know, ran on, had a couple more conversations. That was Q3, maybe 2016. And, uh, I said, look, man, if you want to take this thing for a ride, I know what to do. I know where to go. You got the same, we, we think similarly, but we're, we're good at different things. So it was a good, one of those unique partnership opportunities. And I said, you got to quit your job though, you know, and, and we'll both go all in on this thing. And we did. And he did. And that was January 1st, 2017 is when we kind of teamed up. And with my background in e-commerce, 
all I did is I just saw this as a blank canvas, right? Because I, I did pretty well with t-shirts. I sold a lot of uh, print-on-demand t-shirts, did pretty well with that. And so this was just another canvas to me. So rather than overthinking it, which was part of what Randall had done to that point, I mean, he didn't have much time to do anything, but the little bit of time he did overthink a few things. I said, it's simpler than that watch. So we would come up with just basic designs. Like I love beer and Chicago baseball, like whatever it was. And they started going, man. And we went from in like 90 or 120 days, we probably did four or $500,000 in sales, crashed the whole company, rebuild supply chain, rebuild funding, just everything. But it's a good problem to have. You quickly identify where all the problems were. And then we finished the year strong at 1.1 million. So the previous year was 70. The next year was 1.1 million. So huge growth. When we teamed up, it was the two of us and we hired one girl, Karen. She was awesome. Still is awesome. But she's not, as, not with us for the last few years. But uh, she was, I remember we had like a thousand emails of people that were like, what the hell's going on? And she was a champion, dude. She stepped in into customer service to a thousand pissed off people because we broke everything. And then Randall and I would just take turns. It's like, we're going to help Karen today or we're going to work on the mugs today. And like, it was a fun little grind at the beginning. Those are the days, man. Loving Looking back at those days, I'm sure there's a lot of things you're like, oh man, we did this and we did that. I think about product and the vision behind the product as being one thing. I think about distribution and making sure you have a really sound distribution component. And then I think of marketing, but then you also mentioned the production of them. I know one thing you, you're a really big advocate of is being in tune with yourself, knowing what you're good at, and more importantly, knowing what you're not good at. So it's clear as day. If he was doing belly to belly, he's not a sales guy. You know, he was grinding. He's probably working hard, but he didn't have the leverage of maybe using Facebook or using another platform. He didn't figure out the right way to create the vision for the company. So what were some of those early decisions that you made? And what were some of those, I'll just call them superpowers. What were those, some of those things that you were really good at because you're in tune with yourself, you knew you could help him with? Well, some of the very first things, like Randall's not confrontational. So to be on emails with upset people, it ate him up. Like he didn't want anything to do with that. It would screw up his whole day, right? I didn't want to deal with them because I had I felt as if I had more important things to be focusing on. So that's when we decided you're not good at it. I'm not good at it. You don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Let's find somebody, put them in. Sure. There's two different thought processes in business. I feel like a lot of people want to save, 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 and we'll invest in a person or a tool or something once we hit X point. I'm on the other side. It's like, let's put somebody in place so that we can focus on getting ourselves to this next point, right? Obviously, I'm you know, preferable to the latter, but that was the, the vision. I think of things like that was a, a strong point of mine. Randall, in my opinion, needed to be more, he needed to find his happy in the business, because at that point, he did all the things he liked and all the things he didn't like. He was arguing with a previous partner. There's all kinds of just shit going on. Whereas he's happiest and best when he's creating, right? Like creating and product. And that's just how his brain works. And he enjoys that the most. So sales, even to this day, like I spearhead the sales. He spearheads operations, books, and product development. I am the celebrity tournaments, speaking on stage, masterminds, uh, sales, trade shows. Like we know your lane and don't drive in anybody else's lane. It, it's a really important thing to do. And early on, I had owned previously, so Dugout's my ninth company, right? So I've had 
social media management companies. I've had all kinds of stuff. So it's like, let me step into the marketing side because marketing and outside the box marketing, creative marketing, that's more my bag. Social media and posting and giveaways and gamification. So I stepped in and did that because it was second nature to me, right? Those are some of the things we identified pretty early on. But still, when you only have four hands trying to do everything, we often had to take off and put on hats pretty frequently. But sometimes that's how you learn what you don't like and you learn what you're good at and what you're not good at. I love that theme of, of find your happy. Good day with bad people still sucks. Bad day with good people is still fun. And if you have a good day with good people, bro, that's gold. If we just stopped here, it'd be, it'd be worth it, right? <laughs> worth the price of admission. The, it's so important, yet so many people choose to do the things that make them miserable. They become resentful. They hold just animosity and just angst and anxiety and frustration and all these different emotions. And it's just because they're doing the wrong thing, the thing that doesn't light them up, that doesn't make them happy. No alignment. Yeah. So I won't, we'll move past this in a moment, but I want to like, I'm, I'm super interested because when you think of this, you, you called it your bag, you know, outside the box thinking and social media and bringing things, you know, to the table from that forefront. Was there any campaign or anything you did early on that stands out that's memorable that you're like, hey, you know what, this really worked. And then why did it work? From a marketing standpoint? Yeah. There was one really early on. It was the Pro Baseball Scouts Foundation Gala in LA. And we're in Florida. So it was within our first year of business. And I got in with this lady. I forget her name off the top of my head. But she ordered mugs. And she wanted to put mugs on all the centerpieces of all the tables. And I said, so who's going to be there? And they said, well, Ken Griffey Jr., Buster Posey, Justin Turner, like some, uh, uh, Dave Winfield, Griffey Sr. There's some legitimate names there in the baseball world. And I was like, damn, we got no credibility. Right? Yeah, we're still these young guns. I said, all right, so I'll tell you what. And let's call, I think, what's your name, Cindy? So I said, anyway, how about this? How about I make you a handful of VIP mugs for your VIPs? Don't worry about it. They're on me and I won't even make you do it. I'll just hand deliver them myself, right? She didn't, I don't even know she knew we were in Florida. So I told Randall, I was like, bro, look, get a suit. We're going to LA to this gala. <laughs> I got me and you a ticket. And so we got in there. And again, my personality is, is gravitational, right? So I get in, I'm smiling, I'm, I'm big, um, you know, personality wise, I'm, well, I'm big anyway, but, but like personality wise and talking to them, talking to him, help, help, help. Hey man, don't, don't worry. You want these on the table, Cindy? And I'm, boom, boom, boom. We're doing it for them. Just being a helper. And then uh, all the VIPs and celebrities were in the back. And before the thing kicks off, I said, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. So I took this box of mugs for them and I went to the back and I had one extra and I gave it to photographer. And I said, look, man, this is a gift uh, for all your hard work, what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we have the VIP, you know, we have the VIP gifts for the guys when they get off stage and whatever. So Randall and I sat backstage this whole time. And every time a guy would come off stage, you probably see it's over here. There's a Griffey picture on the, uh, over behind me over here. So they would get off stage and the photographer would stop. He said, okay, and this is uh, uh, Chris Dennert and Randall Thompson with dugout mugs. Put us in front of the, the step and repeat. Take these professional photos of them holding mugs uh, in front of this thing. And it was almost like 
a uh, all right, do your thing, get off stage, shake hands, hand out the trophy, stand with Chris and Randall, hold their mugs, take a professional picture, and now you can go back to your seat, right? It was just this flow of things. <laughs> and I, I, so I got my, Randall's like, I don't know. I've seen it so many times, but it still baffles me, dude. Like, how do you get into the situations you get into and the and take the opportunities, right? And we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, that was one of the first ones I think was pretty cool because then we on social media, there's pictures of me giving Ken Griffey Jr. a Lifetime Achievement Award dugout mug one year into business that they didn't even pay for. <laughs> we stayed at this crappy little hotel in L.A. because every hotel in L.A. is like way overpriced. So me and him like shared this crappy little hotel and uh, we went out there solely for the, for the um, opportunity to get photos with these guys. And I went from front door to backstage in about 25 minutes. And then I had this system set up to where they're getting all these professional photos. But then, you know, two years ago I was in Houston and I ended up at the, the Braves team party after the game with the trophy over my head after they won big smoking a cigar with big poppy on the roof of the Ritz in South Florida. It's, it's just, it's, I show up with the expectation, right? It's, I'm an energy guy. Like I show up with the expectation of being in the biggest conversation, speaking to the biggest person in the room and having relevant things to talk about. And I act because I believe like I belong there. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that kind of, I guess bravado, that, that kind of confidence permeates through a room and a relationship and a conversation. Earlier this year, we're sitting on the back of, of uh, Jim Crane's golf course in South Florida. It's me, CeCe Sabathia, Gary Sheffield, Andrew Jones, one other guy, and some guy off of Netflix, and we're all huddled around CeCe's uh, cell phone watching playoff football, smoking cigars. And I'm like, how in the world did I get into this situation? And I've stopped asking myself because it's just getting redundant. <laughs> I feel like those opportunities are really important. So there's a saying I love, and it's, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. And I think that's a big difference. Because if you, you know, or, or, you know, change it a little bit, it's not somebody else's job to remember you. It's your job to be unforgettable. Right. And I believe that. So when I show up, how I, sh how I show up, where I show up, I show up with the intention of being completely memorable to the point where every time I see these people, they're like, oh yeah, I know you. Right. And that has a lot of weight in, in the long term of things, because I believe in networking first, going in relationships, going first. Right. Like that, that's a big thing with me. So I don't even know where to start, man, because you got, you get me so excited about the, this idea of the value of the network and, and just how important it is. It is your net worth. If you really are able to build a network where it's not just, you know, you getting, it's you giving, it's like, how do you give to the people around you in a meaningful way, whether that be a, a, a rich conversation or a thoughtful gift or you thinking of them at, at a certain point. I read a LinkedIn post from you and then I saw a video from Jesse Cole. Talk a little bit about why Jesse Cole made a video about you and you posted it on LinkedIn. So Jesse Cole is the, the owner of the Savannah Bananas. Anybody that knows the Savannah Bananas, if you don't look them up, they're just amazing. And I'm going to back up for just one second. I think that 
it's not just the thing. Sometimes it's as simple as giving people attention. Okay. That, that's a, the best gift you could probably give when you're starting a conversation rather than just sitting there waiting for your turn to talk mm. and whatever shit you're about to spew out is just rotating in your head while they ramble on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them yeah. attention because like a conversation, relationships are building conversations and a conversation has to go two ways. So the first thing you can give is attention, uninterrupted attention. That's a biggie. Now to Jesse, um, I've had an opportunity to meet with uh, meet Jesse, taking my daughter to one of the games when we were cruising through Savannah one time, amazing time. But I know from our talks that Jesse has two idols. It was Walt Disney and it was P.T. Barnum. And if and if you watch, you'll completely understand why if you watch the bananas, right? It's just a, <laughs> it's a circus that is baseball, that is a carnival, that is uh, just a dream, right? Like 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 Walt. So I ran into this baseball card of P.T. Barnum, of Barnum and Bailey circuit. Like, why on earth is there a P.T. Barnum baseball card? But I got it. It was mint condition, and I grabbed it, and I sent it to Jesse, and I said, dude, I saw this. I knew you had to have it, right? Because I know he didn't have a P.T. Barnum baseball card because who the hell knew that existed? <laughs> and I sent it to him just say, hey, man, just thinking about you, right? Keep doing what you're doing. Rock on. And he sent me a personal video. He's like, dude, this is incredible. Thank you so much. Well, it was a whole personal video. And then he did another video. And then he did a post about it and talked about a few gifts he's got recently. But I, I think what it is, and I wouldn't know that if I didn't pay attention. And then when I saw it, I didn't think of how does this benefit me? I'm like, I know somebody who would love this. Mm-hmm. And it cost me nothing, right? So I did it. And what happens is Jesse said, hey, man, look, if your family are ever back up this way, I'd love to host you for another game. Love it. Or when they came through to Tampa, hey, man, here's four tickets to the game. Or uh, just a couple of days ago, we picked up the Savannah Bananas license for dugout mugs. So it, it all matters, right? And, and I feel like too often people only do things with an ulterior motive. They, they want to make sure that they got something coming back to them immediately Versus just know that if you're good, it comes back to you, right? And just just understanding that energy principle versus trying to orchestrate it before you do something thoughtful. And so it was really simple. And that, But that's why he did the video is I sent him something cool and I told him he's awesome and keep up the good work. Didn't ask for anything, didn't want anything. It shows that you thought about him. Yeah. I didn't want anything or need anything from him. It goes back to the attention piece. It's the same principle. It's like when you get a phone call from somebody, you know they were thinking about you. When you get somebody that sends you a gift, you know they were thinking about you. When somebody's actually listening to you, instead of simply thinking about what they're going to say next, they're paying attention. And that's what people want. They want to feel important. They want to feel like the other human being. Now more than ever. Cares. Now more than ever. I mean, look around. It's, It's obvious from the government down, nobody matters. Yeah power, you know, that's a whole nother podcast, but like people (laughs) now more than ever are insignificant. Yeah. That's why they post on social media. And if they don't have 20 likes immediately, they delete it because they weren't validated. It's a real pandemic. That one, that's a real pandemic is just the, the lack of self-confidence and self and, and value. 
I, I don't stand for anything. So what's the closest thing to me that I can jump on, start searching hashtags? I'm passionate about that now. Shut the fuck up. I'm passionate about that. It's just you get to ramble about something and you feel like you're a part of something. That's a problem. And I, and I feel like it's, it's uh, fueled by uh, society and, and society is just, you know, social media is just a you know reflection of that. And, and so, so the, the thing I did for Jesse and the thing that many people do for many people, that's why they stand out more. Yeah. Because you actually are concerned with the experience you're giving somebody else. And it's coming from, like I mentioned, you know, a half hour ago from a genuine place. There's so there's a big problem with people not being genuine. Right. So when you are, and I love my favorite saying, and I don't know if anybody said it before me, but I sure know I said it a lot. I am unapologetically authentic. I don't care what people think if I'm being authentic. I know I am being myself, right? And I feel if more people were that way, mm -hmm. we would start getting this thing, getting this boat shifted a little bit and going in the right direction. And people would have more value. They would have more uh, pride. They would have more experience. They would put the things down, the phones down and focus more on relationship and realize how valuable time, energy, and relationships are versus the things that we put on a pedestal that aren't. A little bit of a, a rant there, but you get it. It's all relevant to what we're talking about. No, no, I love it, man. And it ties into kind of where I want to guide the, the last part of our conversation. There's a couple things that we didn't talk a whole lot about, but I think are really important to highlight. I alluded to it earlier, as did you. You know, when we think about, obviously, you can have the best marketing, you can have the best, build the best relationships. But if the product sucks, then guess what? You're going to have some problems. And I'm just going to read this post. If offering, this is from you, okay? This is a LinkedIn post. If offering deep discounts is the most value you can offer a potential customer, your brand is going to struggle. Try creating quality content, unparalleled customer service, order accuracy, fast response time, and a positive user experience. Then you can charge what you want versus just racing to the bottom to try to buy a customer. So talk a little bit about how you think about product. Because to me, it's like, this is such a, it's a genius concept. The concept's there. But just because the concept's there doesn't mean it's executed the right way. I mean, I was on Amazon. I, just for fun, I looked at another, loosely call them a competitor, but horrible reviews. Like they, clearly they're just copying and it just, it had no character. There were, the reviews are like, this is rough. I can't even drink out of it. So my point, and I think what you have done and what Randall's done so effectively well is you've produced a high quality experience and product that people will rave about. I mean, I think you have like 55,000 possible positive reviews or something like that. So why is that so important? And how have you made sure that you maintain that level of quality? Well, quality comes from different areas of the business. Um, if you read the reviews and we do, I think we have uh, 55,000 five-star or our average is five-star. I mean, who has 50,000 plus five-star reviews? That's bananas. I, I've not seen a brand that does, to be honest with you. You know, if you read them, I'd say 30 to 40% of them talk about our customer service. Right. So if we've, we've mentioned superpower a few times, one of my superpowers without a doubt is vision. I believe that if you can paint such a vivid picture on the wall that everybody in your organization looks at it and says, okay, I see where we're going here. 
you could then just fade out and everybody knows where we're going. So uh, Randall and I allude to it as give direction, not directions, right? Here's the direction. Do you see where we're going? Here's where we're going. Here's what it looks like. Here's what it sounds like. Here's what it smells like. Can you smell it? Like this is it. And then now you go do what you think is right to create that, right? So our customer service team has a lot of flexibility, has a lot of authority to do what's right every time. So that's why such a huge number of our reviews talk about our customer service. We, at the beginning, put a lifetime warranty on our products. And if you're going to be ballsy enough to put a lifetime warranty on your products, you better make a damn good product, right? (laughs) So we didn't cut corners. We didn't use cheaper wood. We didn't do these things. We got rid of our knockoffs and the half-assers. We got rid of them. Right. So now there's price integrity in our industry again, started by us, solidified by us and backed by us. Right. So now people can find a mug, depending on if it's on a shelf in a Dick Sporting Goods or a shelf at a MLB stadium or online. You're getting one of our mugs between 50 and 70 bucks. That's not for a lifetime purchase. We felt like that's a price point people can get behind. It's a premium gifted item that if it ever breaks, we got your back. Right. And that was just the stance that we took because customer experience, user experience is everything. And we knew and I knew that there's, you had to take down the barriers before you run into them. And that is price. That is warranty. Uh, how fast can we turn it? So we focused on the things that would that would directly take down those barriers. We have a, if you got on a site and you're like, hey, you got a Yankees mug with Billy on the back, whatever. That it would take us about four days to get out of our warehouse. A personalized MLB, one of a kind mug shipped out in four days or less. So we focused on the infrastructure to do that quickly, right? With the customer service team, we are often overstaffed because we don't want people waiting more than, you know, 48 hours for a, res- not a response, but a resolution to their, their problem. So again, it's, we, we tried to pay attention to where we knew the problems could be, would be. And we just beat them to the punch and, and we operate transparently. You know, when, when stuff's going sideways, we're on a live video. Like, Hey, stuff went sideways. COVID hit like, Hey, COVID hit. So we need a couple more days here, this and the other, and it's going to be tough. So if you're a customer, we really appreciate it. If you'd lean into us and help us get through this, we grew more in COVID 20 and 21 than we have in any other year because we lean into our tribe. Our tribe leaned into us. There were people that couldn't afford a mug. So we gave them a mug and said, pay us when you get when you get right. We know you wanted to give this as a gift, right? I did uh, the customer experience is more what I'm talking about now. I remember uh, when COVID hit, what was the, no- and, and again, I try zooming out, right? And, and marketing and communicating and connecting with people where they are. And in this case, quite literally, not in Florida, thank God, but in most places, people were stuck mm-hmm. in their home. They weren't communicating. They weren't talking. It was, it was chaos. So I was like, okay, everybody's in hell right now. What can we do? And so I started calling Pudge Rodriguez and Gary Sheffield and David Mickey Evans who wrote the Sandlot and Mariana Rivera and Pete Rose and all these guys. And we started doing lives once a week. We're bringing legends of the game into people's living room for an hour, two hours, just talking baseball, giving shit away, giving baseball cards away. I'm a big baseball card guy giving baseball cards away, autographs away. That made a difference with these people. They're like, 
these like Robin Hood kind of guys, right? Like we love these dudes. They're they're just they're taken from the rich themselves and given to us. <laughs> we're having a hard time. I can't connect with anybody. I'm depressed, and they're bringing me cool vibes from Pete Rose in the middle of the afternoon. You know, and we dug into that, and even still, today is August 31st. Tomorrow, I don't know when this airs, but tomorrow is September 1st. I have a box of 30 autographed items called Signature September. I'm giving away an autographed item every day for a month starting tomorrow because we didn't just do it to fake it, right? Like that that's not, we are that. So now we do Signature September every year and we just give away autographed stuff and people text in to win and we do live every week and we talk about winners, we talk about what's going on. But from a business standpoint, what happens? We create a, a rabid tribe of people who know you, like you, trust you. We create a hell of a cool experience. I collect data. Now I'll get into the gritty of it. I collect a lot of data and SMS and email and things like that. And they opt in to get messages. And then when Q4 hits, they're like, hey, remember us? We got mugs. We got this. We got this. We got bottle openers. We got new shot glasses. We got right. And we'll sit there and put up six figures every time we drop a text. Right. So then the business end of it is doing what it's supposed to do. And everybody way back to the beginning of our conversation, we created a win-win situation that didn't require the same currency. They want fun. They want experience. They want prizes. They want gamification. They want a little bit of relief out of the, the hell that could be going on in their life. We want to create an experience, build a brand, make money, move mugs, you know, and everybody's winning here. And like, that's just kind of the mentality that we have operated with for the majority of the, the, the last seven years. I think one of the things that stands out across everything that we've talked about here is when it's all said and done, the one great equalizer that we all have is time and only so much of it. And as we close out, the, the last thing that I think is a, important to end with is how you think about time. I know some books that, that I've read that you've read for our work week, The One Thing, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I know some of your favorite books are also some of my favorite books. And they talk about the importance of time and how to leverage your time. I'm going to just read one thing. And then I'd love to get your thoughts on like how we think about time and also what advice either you have or, or how you approach time so that we could all, I think, maybe learn a little bit about maybe say no a little bit more. I know it's important to you. So here's your LinkedIn message. I just got a random auto message asking me if I wanted a hundred new appointments. I'm sure it was a sales pitch, but it seemed more like a threat. Seriously, there is quite literally no way in hell I would give a hundred people 30 to 60 minutes of my time and hope something will come of it. And I really hope others value their time similarly. Time is the most precious thing in our lives. It's irreplaceable, immeasurable, unrepeatable, and invaluable. Please, 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 please don't waste it. A hundred years from now, a stranger will be living in your big house. All of your possessions will be grinded so hard to acquire, it will be squandered. And your legacy will likely be a vague memory. And your time will long be gone. Move slow. And I love this. Move slow, think fast, and capture time, my friends. Yeah. Sometimes whatever just goes through my head, that's what just drops onto to LinkedIn. Again, unapologetically authentic, right? I'm a huge fan of 
time because it was almost taken from me, right? And everything to me comes back to reflection. I, will forget I, whoever's listening needs to clearly understand what is important to them, what is, what are they passionate about? Who are they passionate about? You know, what are their core metrics? So mine, like whether I'm talking about what am I going to do today or am I going to invest in this business? Like it's, it's all the same checklist, man. It's like, can I play with my friends? Can I leverage my network? Is it experiential? Does it take away from time from my family? Does it bring good into the world? Right? Like these are the kinds of questions I ask myself. Rarely is it monetary because I believe through trial and error, okay, that when you operate in alignment consistently, that that is when the money and the success and the currency shows up. Because I had a whole big talk about just currency versus money. I like the term currency. And, you know, this was a few weeks ago. I had this talk and people were talking about money, 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 money. And I said, look at it like currency. The money's never yours, right? It's, it's a flow. It's an energy. You get it. You get it. Here's your turn with it. Now somebody else's turn with it. It's, it flows like energy, like currency, right? And that's what it is. It, it just flows around between everybody. And if you look at currency, there's other types of currency, not just this useless ass US dollar that we're all playing with right now. It's like friendships, relationships, experiences. You know, these are all currencies as well. And I feel like money, a, a tender, is is put on such a pedestal, and it's quite literally one of the most irrelevant currencies out there in a lot of ways. It's necessary. I'm not saying money's not necessary. That's ignorant. But in comparison to some of these others, I don't think it's as valuable personally as a relationship, a true relationship. So when I talk about time. It's more about make sure that you're spending your time because you're only going to get, you only can spend it. Time is, you can just spend it. That's all you can do. But what are you spending it on? So I encourage people to reflect on what is valuable. What do they stand for? What do they not stand for? Eliminate, like without delay, eliminate sucky, shitty people. Like they have no place in your life. Family, friends, doesn't matter negativity and bad people need to go away. Right. And then you can start working on your mental health and your, you know, experiences. And yeah, man, like the first 20, 25 years, you don't really get any experiences anyway, because you're too damn broke. Right. Or ignorant, or, you know, you just don't know any, but naive that's better, right? Naive. Cause you don't even know. <laughs> and then you got about 20 years, 25 years in the middle where you're actually can afford it. You've actually figured out that time's so valuable because then after that, you can't even do it physically because people have spent the last 25 years stuck in a chair, stressing mm. over shit that doesn't matter, like all these things, right? So, you know, the whole, the, the exercise where you like look at time on a ruler, right? It's 60 inches and each one of these is a year and you're here to eat, whatever. Point is, like, it's so short and it is such an illusion. Uh, in fact, time and money, in my opinion, are both such an illusion. People get so caught up, not really understanding them or leveraging them. Like, like there's stressful things that go on with finances and stuff in my life. And my wife's like, how does that not, like I had somebody, you know, I had the IRS the other day, like six figures. My wife's like, how does that not bother you? I'm like, it does, but what am I going to do? Right. 
you know, I'll just put some things in place and make some adjustments. And, you know, so like, I don't even let the things that, that almost crip, I mean, people commit suicide mm. in this world over things you've, I know people who have, right. And perhaps you do too. It's not that uncommon that, that finances and some of the things that stress people to death one way or another, it just really wasn't worth it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a practice. You know, it's, it's, you know, I'm not some savant by any stretch of the imagination. I screwed up. I almost lost it all. So I was yeah. like, oh, okay. So, you know, it's, it's, um, trial by fire or whatever they call it. But yeah, that, that's how I think about time. I think people need to really understand what matters to them, who matters to them and, and spend time there. I love that you said who matters to them. And I think we often forget the greatest currency we have is our time. Talk about currency. And so thank you for spending time with us today, Chris. I'm so, so, so excited that we got to share your story. I mentioned a few of your LinkedIn posts. That's the platform, one of the platforms you're most active. Um, so definitely go check out Chris on LinkedIn, as well as go to dugoutmugs.com. Tell us a little bit more about your golf venture, man. I would love to hear a little bit more. We didn't get a chance to go deep into that. So tell us about that. I know you do a few different things there. So where can people find some of the items that you sell with that. Cause that's a whole nother, I mean, that could be just as big. That's, it's crazy. It's a passion project. So dinner media group, I have a consulting company, right? And I've had it for years. And that's where the, we originally, I help people do what they're doing better than they're doing it. That's literally my only goal. I come on board for 90 days only. Right. And I fix what I can fix. I enter once it's fixed, I can introduce where I can introduce. Cause I have a pretty good network and then give some advice and I'm out. Right. Like I enjoy that because it keeps me sharp. It keeps me involved. It lets me meet really freaking cool people that are doing really cool things. One of them happened to be Randall, right? And now I was like, bro, we see eye to eye on a lot of things. Let's take this thing for a ride. And that's what we did. Dugout's running fairly smooth. You know, we're actually in a restructuring for the next leg of growth, which I'm really excited about. So from an you know investment strategic partner standpoint, there's some cool conversations that are happening. Another one came across my path was big golf. And I was like, oh, okay. B-I-G-G, big golf. And I was like, you know, cause I'm just a, basically a 12 year old in a 42 year old's body. I'm <laughs> like, all? like, yeah, right. Well, you should, Hey man, look, I look and feel younger now than I did 10 years ago because I let go of all this, the, the stuff that doesn't matter. Right. Feels good. But anyway, I told this guy, I said, dude, you sell big balls. Is that what you're telling me right now? He's like, yeah. And, uh, I said, I'm in. And, so I actually got one on my desk. So big balls. Nice. And, uh, but I didn't stop there. Right. Because I, I was, I, I snickered. I enjoyed that. So I love golf, but I also love cigars. So I called my buddy Dean and I said, Hey man, um, I want to do a really premium cigar, a golf cigar. I want it to be golf themed. And it, it is it's got golf balls and clubs and flat. It's sick. And it's called the big stick. So, so the, now you got the big stick to go with the big balls. You know, we're working on a tea bag right now, which I think is hilarious to hold all your golf teas. <laughs> and then with dugout, of course, I'm bringing in. So we made it one called the big swig and it's one of our metal mugs, but it's just fun. You know, it's like it's distance golf balls. It's cigars. It's things like that. I was golfing last weekend. I get to go golfing next weekend. And now technically I'm working. So at the end of the day, you know, my wife laughs at me and rightfully so I get to do beer, baseball, golf and cigars and networking. Like that's what I get to do and be productive every time, which is crazy. So, you know, the, the old saying, it's like, you know, create a life you don't want to take a vacation from. 
That's all you got to do. And, and people are like, oh, for you to say, no, hell, it was not. All I did is I looked at what was important. I got rid of the things that were bogging me down. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to build this lifestyle by design. And I leaned into what I'm good at and didn't touch a damn thing I'm not good at because that is foolish, right? To ever, to ever focus on your weaknesses is just bad advice. At best, you're going to end up with mediocre weaknesses when you could have taken all that time and energy and focus and razor, you know, sharpened your, your strengths. My opinion, right? Everybody's got a different opinion. So I just focused on what I was good at. And that was networking, having conversations, sales, focused on things that I really enjoy because what I say, a, a bad day with good people, still a good day, right? And, and so then you get through these little wonky days. And next thing you know, Randall and I are sitting here, look back and we're like, oh my God, dude, we're over $40 million in sales. What just happened? Three years in a row, Inc. 5,000. Like what just happened here? Right. But we got to do the, the, the right thing consistently, consistently with good people and in areas in which we felt happy. And then you turn around and it's this. So big golf is super fun. It's golf balls, it's cigars. It's, you know, just fun stuff, quality products, but, but just fun passion project. You need a ball washer. <laughs> so some I did so I enjoy social so I, we had a, I had a slow motion video of a guy washing a ball and it says don't forget to wash your balls fellas and then like it had like a porn music behind it, it was <laughs> but again like that's you know that I can enjoy that I have fun with that I'm out with you know our our cards like this thing right here this is literally our promo card it says you should play with our big balls oh my god Love you know but it's if you're not having fun like why you know, I, I get it. Yeah, sometimes like if you're a realtor or or insurance, I mean, maybe there's some people on here listening that are both of those things. But it's it's hard to have fun in certain areas. That is why I chose not to be in those areas because I realize me and my personality and my just every to my core, I want to have fun. I want to be funny. I want to make people laugh. I want to laugh with people, and I want to have a a good day even if things go sideways. And that can happen if you're surrounded by the right people and the right industry and the right types of things. You know, There's so many things that were said in this conversation. I think one of the through lines is being able to reflect and know what's important. Know what you're good at, know what you're not good at. And you talk about big golf, you talk about dugout mugs. Chris, they do the things that you say you want to, the boxes you want to check. Can you have fun every day? Can you play with your friends? Can this venture be experimental? Can you leverage your network to help make it better, right? Is it going to not take time away from your family? I know it's important that you read your daughter's bedtime story, making breakfast in the morning, right? Does it bring good into the world somehow? And I think you've checked those boxes with everything that you're working on. I'm so, so, so glad that we were able to have this conversation. Take us home with the final thought. It's all you, Chris Dinner. Thank you for being on Inside Out. I love it. I had a great time. I think to, to put a bow on it, kind of in line with what you were just talking about, is understanding that success is unique to each person, right? What is important to me does not need to be important to you. Measuring your success with my ruler is foolish, right? What you need to do is paint the picture and stop looking at the Gary V's. I love Gary, by the way. Stop looking at Gary. Stop looking at Grant. Stop looking at Tony. Stop looking at all these people. I'm like, that's, that's my win. Don't pick somebody else's win. 
just because it's easier than reflecting and figuring out your own. So considering how unique success is and what will happen is you'll realize that sometimes just being on a beach four days a week at a, at a cheap beach that has cheap housing, you could reach success faster than most people ever think they can if you just identify what it means to you. If reading a book and making lunch and doing homeschooling for your kids is the ultimate success for this person, that can be achieved fairly easily, right? So I think, I think that's really what it is, is, is understanding that it's unique to you, what the success and what the journey of success is and looks like, and then reflect on that a little bit and then start putting the pieces in place. And what happens is if you understand, and it was easier for me, I can say that from firsthand experience, it was easier for me to make decisions and the yeses and the nos, and there are significantly more nos now than ever before. The guy, just before I got on this call, he's like, hey, this and this opportunity. I was like, sounds like a great opportunity, but I don't do that. So the answer is no, right? It, 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 you waste no more time pondering. If you know and you can see clearly this vision that you have laid out and you know clearly and you can see clearly what you stand for and don't stand for, what you're interested in and not interested in, there's no more questions, right? It's either taking you where you wanted to go or it's not. And then when the, all this noise, which this world's nothing but noise, lands on your plate, you can decipher very quickly and move on to the next thing based on your unique journey of success. Yeah. What a great way to end it. Chris Denner, thank you for being on Inside Out. Had a great time. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside Out. I hope you took away some valuable insights that will help you in business and in life. If you like this show, the best payment you can give is to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. You can also listen to past episodes and see a breakdown of all the best insights by going to insightoutshow.com. And for the record, there's no greater compliment than sharing this show with your friends on social media. So if there's an insight or a lesson that you liked, please share it and tag both me and today's guest. And until next time, remember, your next life-changing breakthrough moment may happen when you least expect it. Insight out.